0: when you come in on monday and you're not feeling real well does anyone ever say to you
1: sounds like someone has a case of the mondays no man i believe you get your ass kicked saying so much, man. mornings are for coffee and contemplation coffee and contemplation drink the coffee it'll make you feel better sir do you realize that you're not drinking regular coffee but colombian decaffeinated coffee crystal? what Pick you up calms you down, it's the light-blooded drives, the dreams of champions. Now he's been down in the basement drinking coffee for about the last four hours, and he should be all ready to go. I'll, I'll call him up. Welcome to College Football Monday. My name is Pete B., and this show is presented to you by McCoy's Auto Repair in Radford, Virginia. This is a Sons of Saturday live show. I come to you each and every week to tell you what's been going on in college football, recap the weekend that was, and also give you a heavy dose of what the Hokies have been up to. In this episode, I am, of course, going to get to all the action that happened this past weekend. I'm also having Roger Sherman on the show to talk about his college football road trip. You might know Roger from a variety of things, but this season he is doing a road trip all season long across the nation to go to as many college football games that he can and this past week he was at Virginia Tech for the Thursday night game against Syracuse. So I want to talk to him about his visit and just about his whole deal this season and how it's been going. I'm of course also going to do my playoff four later in the show, go over the AP poll, all the good stuff for now. Hop in the chat, make sure to like the video. Liking the video really helps us and if you are watching on Twitter, Come on over to YouTube. It's easier for engagement. It helps us. It, it The numbers are better. And uh, it's just a better all-around experience. So hop over to YouTube if you are watching on Twitter. I'm going to call this past Saturday Sleepy Saturday. There was some good action. We had Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, Oregon State, Arizona, USC, Cal, ODU, JMU. Turned out to be a pretty good game. But I still think... There was a lot of games we were hoping were going to be better, like Oregon and Utah. The cocktail party, that was a dud. Texas and BYU was boring. Notre Dame and Pitt was super boring. Duke and Louisville, a shutout. wasn't expecting that. So I'm going to go with Sleepy Saturday. Uh, It wasn't as scary or as survival-y as the last couple of weekends, but there was still some good action, and I'm going to start with the Kansas and Oklahoma game. Roger will be joining me. At 915, that is the plan. And I'll add them to the chat at that point. Kansas pulls off the upset against Oklahoma, 38 to 33. This was a really, really good game. Kansas got out to a 14-0 lead. Uh, I think Oklahoma scored. Then there was a delay. People were complaining the the momentum for the Jayhawks was going to be ruined by that delay. Well, it kind of was, and it kind of wasn't. Because Oklahoma did score three straight touchdowns to take the lead in the second quarter. But Kansas was only down four at the half. Bean had an awesome sprint to the end zone later in the game. I think that was early in the third quarter, made it 26 to 21 Kansas. And OU took a one-point lead after a long drive and a failed two-point conversion later in the game. There were two more lead changes in the fourth quarter. And OU was up 33-32 when Kansas went 80 yards in seven plays. About one minute. Converting on a fourth and six, got them down to the OU nine, and then they ran it in on the next play. Huge, huge win for Kansas. Hadn't beaten Oklahoma in 18 tries. We're talking back to like the year 2000 here. They tore down the goalposts. They threw them in the lake or the water or the pond or whatever the heck it was. And they did it with their backup quarterback. Now, that's a little bit of a disservice to Jason Bean because that kid is really, really good. But it's true. And he was great, despite being a backup. He was really good in the game. And the defense did just enough on third down and in the red zone to win it for Kansas. So OU, I had them in my playoff four. I'll talk about it a little bit later. I really wanted them to pull this win off because I wanted to take them out of my four after winning. Because I was feeling kind of wonky about it. Ever since I put them in after the Texas win, I felt like I had to put them in. I felt like the Big 12 had an easy path for one of those teams to get to the playoff and Oklahoma was undefeated. Well, now they face OK State and Stillwater. They have West Virginia. They got to go to BYU and they play TCU, who is not very good. But that's all before the potential Big 12 game. Big 12 championship game, I should say. So even if they do win out and even if they do beat Texas to win the Big 12, I still think they could get left out of the playoff if things play out the way I think they could. And I'll talk about my playoff four later. Speaking of that playoff four, Oregon spanks Utah 35 to six, beat them up along the lines of scrimmage. Utah didn't score a TD in the game and in a game for the first time since 2018. I got that stat from Chip Patterson. That is nuts. The not having a real quarterback finally... Those chickens finally came home to roost in this one because pig farmer Bryson Barnes had an 18 QBR and he has played well this year, but not so much in this one. Utah couldn't throw or run, and Bo Nix was great. 248 passing, three total touchdowns for him, a 95.2 QBR for for good. Bo Nix, great win for the Ducks on the road. And if you don't think at this point that they're better than Washington despite losing to Washington earlier in the year, then you haven't been watching. And I'll talk about Washington a little bit here. Very happy to have put Oregon in my playoff four last week. Georgia crushed Florida, 43 to 20 in Jacksonville. Florida took a shot early on a fourth down, kind of a trick play. It didn't work. And it was all downhill after that. Bud Elliott's commentary about that play and just about Florida taking that shot, I thought was correct in that like, Napier was trying to win the game. He wasn't trying to not get blown out. He was trying to beat number one Georgia. And it didn't work, but at least he took the shot. Florida is just not on the same level as as Georgia, and it was clear. And Carson Beck is really starting to look like a championship quarterback, in my opinion. Three hundred and fifteen yards, eleven point three yards per attempt, which is outstanding, two touchdowns, eighty seven point eight qBR four sacks for the Georgia defense. Although Florida was was doing okay against them earlier in the game, but ultimately they they did put up four sacks for Georgia and it was 36 to 7. I mean, if you look at the numbers, Georgia, Florida had some yards in this game, but it was 36 to 7 before UF put up two 75-yard drives. So, not it wasn't close. It was a nice win for Georgia. The Death Star is almost fully operational, as I put it on Twitter. And I may have to put them back in my playoff grouping. Talk about that in a little bit. Unexpected Pac-12 shootouts was another story of this weekend. Washington and Stanford played a wild one. Washington survives yet again, 42-33. Ashton Daniels for Stanford, their quarterback, Had a great game, 367 passing, 81 rushing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Ayo Mayor, the guy who went off for Stanford a couple weeks ago against Colorado, nine receptions for 146 and this one in a touchdown. Tiger Bachmeyer, a wide receiver for Stanford. First of all, incredible name. He has to be related to Hank, I would have to imagine, but Tiger Bachmeyer, 10 receptions for 95 yards in this one. Penix had four TDs himself, an interception. Polk went for 148 and two touchdowns but this is two weeks in a row. Now we've seen Washington struggle with a lesser opponent and it's four straight wins by Washington all by less than 10 points. So they are not dominating their opponents like they were earlier in the year. They got to go to USC next Utah after that at home at Oregon state and then Washington state to finish the year. Somebody's going to get Washington. I don't think they're playing well enough for USC, Utah, Oregon state, or even Washington state to knock them off and give them a loss. And if nothing else, you know I believe Oregon's going to beat them in the championship game. So that was the first shootout. USC and Cal played a 50-49 to 49 game. Cal missed the two-point conversion to win it at the very end. And this was after USC scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. So Cal was they, – they had a very good shot and probably should have won this game – Caleb Williams, four total touchdowns for him, 369 yards passing. Fernando Mendoza for Cal. He was pretty fantastic. 292 yards throwing, 48 rushing, four TDs in his own right. It was a strong performance. Jaden Ott went for 153 and three touchdowns, 7.3 yards per carry. No defense in this game. Over 1,000 yards of offense, but USC, just like Washington, they escape again. Oregon State at Arizona was another great Pac-12 game. Beavers lost 24-27. to And this was kind of a a weird one because Oregon State played well. Like, they really played well, but we've been talking about Arizona on this podcast ever since Colby came on and said he was friends with the father of Noah Fafita. And Fafita was great. 275 yards, three touchdowns, just the one pick. Beavers had more yards, more first downs, just two penalties and zero turnovers. But Arizona made a couple big plays in the passing game, two TDs for Michael Wiley, and they did just enough to win the game. Really nice win for the Wildcats. They it's crazy that when we were talking about all the good teams in the Pac-12 at the beginning of this year, Arizona was not one of them. And now I'm looking at the list here. They're better than Oregon State, just beat them. They're better than Washington State. They beat them. They're likely better than Colorado and they may be even better than UCLA. We'll find out next week because UCLA and Arizona are going up against each other. Ohio state beat Wisconsin 24 to 10. Wisconsin did tie this thing up 10 to 10 in the third quarter with Locke at QB, no more Mordecai for Wisconsin, but Marvin Harrison and Travion Henderson took over three total touchdowns by those guys. Nearly 300 yards combined. I think Ohio State had just over 400 yards of offense. 300 was Harrison and Trevion Henderson. Nice win for Ohio State on the road in Camp Randall one week after that Penn State win. Like, they're coming down off that win. They go to Camp Randall and get a win, even though they didn't cover. The spread was 14 and a half against Wisconsin. It was a good win. They overcame three turnovers. That Ohio State defense is for real. And I need to talk about this JMU team and this, this ODU-JMU game because it was a really good game. ODU had a slim lead early. It kept looking like JMU might pull away. ODU kept battling. The Monarchs got down deep in their territory in the fourth and settled for a field goal. Uh, but they couldn't muster anything after that. That was at the point where like I felt like ODU should have done everything they could to score and take the lead but they did not. They never got another chance at it. Both QBs played really well. Uh, Grant Wilson, the guy who played us in game one, 277 yards passing, two TDs, McLeod, 340 yards for him, for JMU, three touchdowns, but two interceptions. And that helped keep ODU in the game. The wide receivers for JMU just went nuts. Brown and Surratt both had eight receptions and 135 yards. uh, Three total touchdowns for those receivers. And they ate up that ODU secondary. JMU has two road games left. Georgia State and Coastal, which should be awesome. The Coastal game should be fantastic. And they play UConn and App at home. Now, neither of those teams are good, but UConn's been feisty in games. And App did finally just get off the mat and beat Southern Miss. But JMU has a decent shot at this perfect season. And that that is wild. Their defense is the real deal. I can see my guest here is in the green room, so to speak. I'm going to add him to the chat right after this ad read. As I said at the top of the show, College Football Monday is brought to you by McCoy's Auto Repair and Radford VA. Who doesn't love supporting a local family-owned and operated business? That's exactly what you get with McCoy's. They were established in 1980 and they offer full service, including major and minor repairs. They can take care of your state inspections. They can take care of your oil changes. They will sell you tires. And that's that's clutch to have a place that you can not only buy those tires, but also get them put on. So make sure you head over to McCoy's Auto Repair this season for all of your vehicle maintenance needs or give them a call. The number is right on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, which you should be because we are live here on Monday morning, 540 639 Two nine three three, and you can also find them on Facebook. Just like that old hokey buddy of yours, McCoy's, a name you can trust. And now I'm going to add my guest to the stage here.
0: Hey, Welcome.
1: how's it going? Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for joining me. Good. Is my audio okay? All good, man. All good. It's 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 a pleasure to have you. I've been following your your work for a long time, and thanks, thanks for if you if I'm doing an introduction for you. Like I didn't really know where to start because you're most recently with the Ringer, which yep. everyone everyone knows the Ringer. But I'm trying to think of when, I, when you first came into my consciousness. It might have been back with like the Solid Verbal guys. You were doing a lot of work with them, right? Like SB uh, articles, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I used to work at SB Nation doing college uh, college football stuff for them. So that's that's kind of where I got I got my start on the college football internet writing a Northwestern Sports Blog and okay. uh, for SB Nation and. I think attending so many Northwestern football games made me want to go see other team stadiums. So that's, (laughs) that's, that's the genesis of my, of my project.
1: I think I remember you going to like a Rose bowl with Ty and Dan back in the day. Is that right? Like you guys were all in a house, like somewhere.
0: Oh, We went to the uh, 2016 college football national championship. That's what it was. In a big Airbnb together uh, and saw Alabama win. yeah, a, a very. I'm not. I'm not sure if Airbnb was a thing yet at that point, but I, I feel like <laughs> there were like 11 bloggers in a, a weird
1: house in Arizona. That hit me like yesterday. I was like, wait, he was wearing like you were. You guys were having a blast that weekend. You're tweeting out like what you're wearing to the games and stuff, and it just looked like a, like a lot of fun. Your latest endeavor is road rage. You are doing yeah. a college football road trip all season long you kind of stepped away from the traditional journalism or blogging or whatever you want to call it. And you've been to 28 games now on the season. Yep. Nailed it. (laughs) Uh, 28. uh, And uh, Virginia tech was number 27. That's right.
0: Uh, That's right. Getting getting you set up for the segue, but yeah, I've uh, I'm making videos. I'm putting stuff on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, that means you know that YouTube exists and you can go over to road Raj is the handle Uh, but yeah, I'm just like putting out videos. Um, but really more than anything, I'm just kind of enjoying myself.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, Uh, that's what I I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Go for it. Like how did, how did this come about? What made you decide to leave it all behind and just go out on a road trip? I know you're, I know you're like married and have a dog and everything like that, but, uh, two dogs. dogs. So, so what made you want to do this? And I'm like, how are you doing this? <laughs> so um,
0: mainly it was just like uh, a realization I've had over the last few years that like, even though I was professionally employed writing about college football, I had never been to any of the places that I was writing about. And college football um, is such a sport that's about literally the places. Like, you know, like just going to Virginia Tech last week, like so much of it is under, is like you have to realize the pocket of the world that it's in and what surrounds it and and like it's not something you get from just turning on the tv at thursday night and um, i was writing about it mainly from my couch i was blogging from home or or every once in a while i get to go to a national championship game or something like that and uh, (laughs) which which is awesome but also not the same as like a home game in at at a school stadium um, the thing that really inspired me was there was a guy who did it last year, uh, Ben Chase, uh, who I think he went to seventy-eight games. Uh, I'm not trying to break his record or anything, but I was just like, I've got to take a, I'm going to take a road trip. I'm going to do this. I'm going to drive around the country, see as many games as I can. And so my wife was like, Yeah, go ahead, go for it. Like, like it sounds like this is something you're excited about. So when you're excited about things, they tend to be good. So I did it and I've been driving around. If you are looking now, you can see that I'm in a very generic hotel room in the <laughs> quad cities of either Iowa or I think I'm in Illinois. Okay. Um,
1: and can we talk about your shirt for a second? Cause you've got, yeah, you've got a West Virginia that. shirt. I've got sorry my Virginia that. tech.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, sorry about that. It's just what I grabbed out of my.
1: Do you just leg. have like a whole bag of like home field shirts or something? Or <laughs> More,
0: more <laughs> or less. Yeah. Um, I have. Uh, they don't have a shirt for every game I'm going to, but I asked them if they could give me a shirt for every every time that they, they make a shirt for the home team. So, yeah. Um, but the funny thing is, I already owned a Virginia Tech home field um, uh, crew deck. Like, I already had that as part of my collection, so they didn't need to give me one, <laughs> which is really helpful because the logistics of them shipping shirts to me on the road has been iffy you know they they have so they have a lot of orders coming in and i don't know where i will be on a night-to-night basis so uh the virginia tech shirt i'm wearing in the in my virginia tech stuff that i haven't fully posted yet with the with the fighting gobblers with the turkeys head on them that that was a shirt that i'd owned for several years because i really like that turkey um but i i never gotten a chance to bring it to its its spiritual home (laughs) until thursday That that Virginia Tech shirt had been, I'd worn it at like Thanksgiving and I would sometimes just wear it randomly around New York, but it finally got to come to Blacksburg on Thursday.
1: Yeah. And that's the main reason you're on the show, though. I have loved your work. You know, having a a reason to have you here and talk about your experience in Blacksburg is why I I reached out to you. And let's just talk about a little bit about the game. Uh, What did you think of Blacksburg? How was your experience with Lane Stadium and everything around it?
0: So here's here's the funny thing about going to all these games. Like I said, it's 28 games. Um, to do that in seven, in eight, nine weeks, nine weeks, that means a lot of weeknight games. Um, and basically the experience with attending a game at most schools on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is like you get there um, and invariably someone at the tailgate will tell you, oh, like it's a shame. You came to see us on a Thursday night because, you know, we do so much better on Saturdays. You know, my, my I normally come to the games with my wife and kids, but they're like, my kids have school tomorrow. I couldn't bring them out until midnight tonight. You people at Virginia Tech, you do not ascribe to that belief system. No. The Virginia Tech Stadium was fully packed on Thursday night um, for a game that, like, People weren't feeling great about I, either. <laughs> and not only was I told, it's okay that you came here on Thursday night. People were like, we invented Thursday nights. This is what we do best. And if you told me that online, I would have rolled my eyes. But after seeing it in person, I wholeheartedly agree. Yes. Um, just the way that like everyone around this, like the person I was staying with was like, yeah, like my boss and my boss's boss are both Virginia Tech grads. So pretty much everyone has the whole afternoon off. We're all going to be in the tailgate lots. You know, you get there at three o'clock and they're already pretty going pretty hard. Um And most schools just don't have that energy for weeknights. I don't know if this there was some debate about whether the students had off.
1: You know, uh I know personally one student that did have off. I don't know if every single student was off of their uh, classes. A lot of professors do, would give it back in the day when I was there, they would give it off if you had a late class, but some are sticklers and wouldn't do that. But I think a lot of the students, uh, if they did have class, they weren't there. It started, yeah. <laughs> er, it started early. And every. It, in, I'm so glad you did get to experience the Thursday night because it is a very, it's not a very unique Virginia tech thing, but it is, it means a lot to Virginia Tech, and and many of our fans make a point to take off work either on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday to make it down, and it was it was a good game for you to attend because you're right. From a national perspective going into that game, you're talking about Syracuse and Virginia Tech, two, two mm-hmm. middling yeah. teams this year, and even for the last couple years, and the place was full. Uh, it might have not been a technical sellout, but it was very full. It was very loud. The weather was perfect. Did you get a chance oh, to gorgeous. do any any tailgating or walking around talking? I, I think I saw you like watching the hokey walk or the band or something.
0: Yeah, I, I, I saw a lot of stuff. So uh, first of all, also not just like the perfect night, but like, you're right. It was in the 70s and it was like, also it's peak, peak leaf season. I don't know what's going on with
1: my hair here. Just, <laughs> oh, you, you look perfect, Raj. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
0: uh yeah it's it was peak leaf season like uh, and and I've been telling everyone I can talk to that like the like Blue Ridge region of the country is my favorite one to drive through and I've been telling people that since September when I went to West Virginia but like oh man it was it was just perfect the 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 reds and the yellows up on the mountains around Blacksburg and uh the sunset hits right before the game. Tailgating, yeah, I met up with some of my um, my followers, like in the lots around the stadium, um, and I, I saw the the uh, I saw the like you said, I saw the Hokey Walk. I saw the band, the the Corps Cadets band playing Enter Sandman on their glockenspiels. Um and that made me very happy. Um, I uh, I I was very thrown off before the game by I think your cannon is bigger than some schools' cadets. There was a real reverb there.
1: Um, it's it's loud. It's very loud.
0: And yeah, I met people you know who had driven in from DC. I met this guy who had driven in from Bluefield. I, I forget what which side of the border he was on. Um, who ended up having nicer seats than the ones that I had access to. So that was that was awesome. And like yeah, it it was it was just a, a different level of weekday pregame than pretty much any other school I've, I've been to this year. Like, absolutely. I mean, I, I, can, I can say, like, with no doubt that it was the most fun I've had at a, at a weeknight game, um, you know, well, this that's, year.
1: That's great to hear, dude. Did you get a turkey leg? Let me ask you that. I didn't i did nice i didn't post
0: pictures of it because they're very unappealing to look at uh watching me go go to town on the turkey oh dude it's
1: not something you want to eat in front of like anybody but you happen to be eating it in front of sixty thousand of your closest friends (laughs) yeah it's
0: um it's really unmanageable it's like and and it comes out it was too hot to eat for like a solid like 10 minutes of game time scorching hot yeah um uh, but it was, it was much better than I expected it to be. I think it was like, um, like, I think my association with eating any amount of large turkey like that, that isn't sliced is like that it's going to taste like Thanksgiving and it's going to be a little dry, but no, they they crushed it with that. And um, yeah, I looked back at the pictures of it and I was like, I can't, I it's just like there's like liquid forming here and like there's pieces of the turkey like hanging (laughs) off and like sometimes i i don't care about how i look uh when i'm doing things i am living more or less out of a car um with a limited amount of t-shirts well a lot of t-shirts but like i only have t-shirts um so like i'm i'm i have pretty low standards for myself but the turkey leg was something I'm, I'm keeping private for now. It'll probably end up in in like the videos I post over the course of the week. But like, yeah, it was it was pretty grimy.
1: I've had many over the years. They do taste great, but the amount of grease is so oh yeah, so much that like I have to I pick and choose my spots. I don't get them every game because it is an absolute freaking mess. It, it seems like a novelty
0: food. So like the idea that people at Virginia Tech are eating them regularly. <laughs> Uh, the laid legs is like, it, it just feels like there have to be better methods of consuming food, but, and then again, it's probably the best method of consuming we, food. Is we you, need you're to, holding a-
1: you know, how uh, you were saying about grab, it, it's too hot. We need to create like the Turkey leg koozie where like you, you put the bottom of it in like a rubber thing. So it collects the grease and keeps, keeps your hand off it. Like we we could market that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like they they have the little tin foil or aluminum foil like around the bottom and you're just kind of like, ah, it's still like, it's still hot to touch. Um, But yeah, I mean, there've been a lot of innovations in the koozie industry recently. Um, Just the idea of a turkey-like koozie. I mean, the other funny thing about it, and I'm sure people have pointed this out to you, is outside of Texas, I don't think anybody else consumes their mascot during the course of the game.
1: I had never thought of that. <laughs> that never occurred to me. That we're like we're eating the hokey bird.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it' like R.I.P. to the hokey bird, um, and and meanwhile, the hokey bird is like walking up through the stands and smiling, and like there are people <laughs> showering down on his friends, and like it's not like a, it's not like removed. It's not like like if you're eating a burger and it it's just uh, this amount of meat, and you could it could come from a cow or anything. But that turkey leg you're like, oh I see that that is part of a, a larger turkey and the hokey bird is standing there with his smile on his face looking around the stadium and I don't know how he I don't know how he handles that mentally
1: it's it's a lot let's uh, let's move to the game real quick because while you're doing this and it's more of an experience of yeah the atmospheres and the places, do you are you still analyzing the football? And were you impressed with how we came out on Thursday night?
0: I mean, yeah. Part of me wants to just say it was an atmosphere that, like, I could not play in that atmosphere, and Syracuse obviously could not either. But um, everyone around me was just kind of like stunned. Like, we're normally not getting like seven yards every rush on first down all night long. I forget what the yardage. I, I believe it was like 300 to zero in yardage. I think it, I looked it, up.
1: You are pretty much on point there. It was zero I, yards for Syracuse. Right?
0: I looked up on the scoreboard and saw the zero. And I'm like, you normally don't leave the game and, and see a zero. Right. And um, it's probably um, one of the games that I had the least idea of what was going on just because of the amount of alcohol I was consuming beforehand. Um because I knew I wasn't driving after the game, and like I said, you guys do it well. But it felt like, in many ways, I got the gist of it. But the, yeah. the, the, the the the
1: the I'll give it, you a lead in. How about this? Uh, it was twenty-three nothing midway through the second quarter, yeah. and right there, it was a sense it was over. That like Syracuse just couldn't do anything on offense. Oh, sorry.
0: Yeah, I've got to uh, turn off an alarm that I forgot about. about
1: that. <laughs> That's okay, Raj. Uh, yeah, Syracuse just couldn't do anything on offense. They punted on their first five drives, yes. and, and we scored on our first six drives. And yes. so it, it was feeling good. And and normally, whenever Tech might get a little bit of a lead these last couple of years, it's like, well, when's the shoe going to drop? And it didn't drop, and it never really felt like it was going to drop. <laughs>
0: No, it was really just a euphoric experience start to finish. Um, And I mean, you know, you've got to wonder like, like how, I mean, it's stupid, but like how you, how much more used to this experience and this environment, like playing on a Thursday is a bit of a weird thing to do. Like you have to change your game prep all week. You have to you know, do things differently for the players. And um, they just, they seemed at home and Syracuse looked entirely lost all night long. Um, And uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to make Thursday nights your thing and then you're going to come out on Thursday night and the other team does not look like it knows where it is. Maybe that's a factor.
1: Yeah. And you picked the best Thursday night game to come to in seven years. Because I don't think we had we had won at home on Thursday night since 2016. Another game I attended against Miami, but we don't play on Thursday night every season. But we played uh, yeah, on I a number that. of them at home, and we haven't won because you know Tech has been down the last <laughs> since 2016 when we went to the ACC title game. It's yeah. been a bit. So you picked a fantastic game. Did you do anything after the game? Did you go downtown? Did you just crash?
0: Um, yeah, I was staying with. Um... Uh, One of my followers like reached out and said, Hey, I've got a spot uh, for you. So I pretty much uh, fell asleep in his car uh, (laughs) and then had a nice drive back. Part of the thing about my trip is that I am um, uh, driving everywhere. So I I don't always get to go all in on the experience. Like I did when I had a place to stay um, like that night. So uh, sorry that it's, it's boring.
1: No. I mean, you said you drank a ton during the day because you didn't have to drive (laughs) yourself personally. So that's, you got to enjoy the day and probably had to give some bourbon. Uh,
0: Yeah. I went to a tailgate that had at least five different bourbons that I had never seen before. And I didn't consume all of them, but I'm I'm not a, I, I, I wasn't fully aware of the different flavors that could be involved. I was like, Oh, this didn't make me instantly recoil with when I consumed it. That's not the type of whiskey I normally drink. Um, so that was really, that was really awesome. And yeah, I, I uh, you know, I feel like I, I lived up to the experience. Some parts. Um, the beauty of filming things is that the the filming is not foggy, just my memory.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to get a couple questions in before you before you cut yeah. out. Um, about your trip in general, are you keeping a ranking system or some type of tracking of all the games you're going to? I know you're doing the videos and everything, but like when, when you do these spots, cause I know you, you've been on pregame shows and postgame shows and whatever, like, and people say, what's the best place you've been to? Like, are you keeping a journal like of the ranks?
0: <laughs> I don't have an official ranking system. I, I know which ones are my favorite, but also I keep on coming up with um, like, like, you know, I can, I can tell people that Virginia Tech was the best weeknight game that I went to, and it, it's entirely true. And I feel like that speaks to the experience, in it, like, in its own right. Um, so I guess I'm, like, coming up with little terms I have for each school for what they're good at, like, okay. that, in my head, like, um, and there, then I don't have to keep re-ranking, like, the best every time. Cause like I'm say, I keep saying the best game I went to and the best like place I saw was when I watched Oklahoma play Texas in the uh, in the Red River game at the Cotton Bowl, which is like its own little strange, its own enormous strange world. Um, like um, you know, they play at the Texas State Fair. It's not a home game for anybody. There's all this weird food that's being eaten. It's 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 an awesome place, but I say, that's the best thing I've ever been to. But then I'm additionally able to say the best home game I went to was another game. Yeah. Um, yeah. so like, uh, I, I don't have an official ranking system that would probably involve me having to say which one is the worst, which I will not do on camera.
1: Right. Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> well, well, and you can describe them in different ways too, because I was going to say like, you met a lot of fan bases over this trip. Like, what would be like the most endearing fan base you met? And I'm not say let's just go outside of Virginia Tech, so you don't have to to use us. Like, was there a any particular fan base where you're like, wow, those people were great?
0: That's a great question. I keep saying that the best time I had was at um, was at West Virginia and Morgantown. Um, I don't know if that's a contentious opinion to have you about Virginia it. Tech. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like you don't have to play each other anymore, but. You know there's always some weird opinions about neighbors um, yep, yep, yep. but i i saw them playing Pitt uh back way in the early part of the season
1: um backyard brawl was,
0: nice and it was a night game against a rival that they hadn't played at home in a decade and they and pitts pitt, pitt still had phil Drakovic at quarterback and he's just really terrible um and they dominated and yeah that's the most fun I've had around a group of people all year long. Because well, and, they and were, they're
1: big drinkers down there. The whole like the whole region likes to it. drink a lot, and Morgantown definitely definitely likes to get after it. I saw on your BYU video, they gave you this like long donut to eat. You talked yeah, about the themselves. turkey leg. Like what what is like the best thing you've eaten since you've been on this trip?
0: You know, I'm going to be honest. The turkey leg might be the best in stadium food I've had.
1: Wow! Like, nice. Like,
0: it was um, like some element of like the uniqueness of it, and it was actually really good. And you know, again, I, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm not, I'm generally not drunk at the games, but that has to be a factor into me thinking it was extremely delicious, right? Well, <laughs> you eat them, you eat them pretty routinely, so clearly, like, it's a thing you go back to. Oh,
1: it's tasty. Yeah, they're they're it's very tasty, very yeah. good. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're not just doing it as a bit. Which no. like,
0: I think I started out doing it as a bit, and then um, it kind of morphed into. uh not like a bit. if they didn't taste I,
1: good, we wouldn't go back because it, as we described, it's like nasty. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a messy I experience.
0: It, I got it pretty close to the bone, which had to be really upsetting for my seatmates to to be around. <laughs> but like, yeah, that I honestly, if I, I, I think the best food I've eaten in a stadium that has to be close to the top. The best tailgate was, um, LSU. Oh, Um, I can imagine. Yeah. They, I, 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 I got a lot of Louisiana flavors that day and it was awesome.
1: Did you have alligator?
0: No, the only place I've had alligator was when I saw Utah playing Florida. Um, because when you play Florida, you have to have an alligator prepared. Um, so some guy there like got an alligator ship to him and then roasted or smoked it. And it it you know, it tasted like like food. It <laughs> I, I, it, it didn't have like honestly, I was expecting it to have more like gator twang to it. Mm-hmm. And it it really just tasted more like, you know, sort of a generic smoke smoked like chicken or smoked
1: turkey or something like that. What was the scariest? group of fans like just be like oh these people like i'm kind of i'm kind of terrified of what might happen later
0: (laughs) um the least happy fans were the ohio state fans really they were just bad the whole time and they won a game to remain undefeated and are considered the number one team in the country by a lot of people and they were just upset the whole time (laughs) like they You know they they win the game. It's like the biggest game of the year. It's like it was I think number three versus number five against Penn State. I saw them. Um, They had game day there. They had Big Noon Saturday there. And after the game, everyone's like, "We're not going to beat Michigan like that." And I'm like, "That was you just you're undefeated. Why are you so bad? The scariest." Um, I don't think I felt, I feared for my health at any point in this trip.
1: Or maybe Um, just intimidating, like an intimidating environment.
0: That's a good question. Um, I'll have to...
1: Like, I would imagine LSU is pretty high up there.
0: Oh, like intimidating for the opponent? Yeah, LSU at night. um, Virginia Tech felt... I mean, nobody else plays metal either. Like, that that really helps. I'm not pandering. (laughs) I'm not pandering, I swear. But like, yeah, that was like... I, I I felt the chills there um, when you guys had it going. LSU at night, I don't know, man. It's just every stadium I go to at night feels particularly mm-hmm. like they did a great, they did like the, it's just the level of anticipation that people have been waiting to get out all day. Um, so I, I've just named you a bunch of night games that I've been to. No, but that's you. Yeah. You guys, Morgantown was also a night game. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I don't think that'll be true for the map games
1: I go to this week, though. You just went to a snow game. You were at mm-hmm. an NAIA, Game of the no. Year, in Iowa, that's, right? Yeah. I,
0: so I asked my followers which game to go to after the – that's what I do every week um, after the Ohio State um, game. I, I felt the need to get off the beaten path a little bit after seeing everybody win – after seeing Ohio State win that game and still end up mad. So I went to this game in Northwest Iowa uh, between the number one and the number three teams in the country and the last two defending national champions. Northwestern College in Iowa, which won the national championship last year and Morningside, which has won three of the last five. Um, And I went there just because the game was good. And they said in the forecast, it will snow, but I don't think anyone expected it to snow that
1: much. Like I liked your like, one tweet where you were like, they said it's supposed to snow today. I don't know when it's supposed to come down and you're like covered in snow.
0: <laughs> yeah. There was snow up in my beard. Like, like just like hanging on there, my hat and, and the top of my head were covered. It was really tough tweeting out there. I was really working hard, harder than the football
1: players for sure. I'm surprised like you had like service. Doing well. Yeah. well,
0: you know, the service was really bad in Blacksburg.
1: Oh, it uh, so bad. It was so bad.
0: Uh, it, and, uh, it, um, oh, I'm not sure if I've shouted at App State here. App State was another awesome one. I love that. I really
1: want to go to a game huge, there.
0: huge mountains fan. spin. Yeah. But um, it, in Iowa, I had service because, you know, there's only 3,000 people at the game, True. you know, and um, it was an entirely different world, but the people were just so they've been waiting for this game between these two teams all year long. And they were like just ready to go from the morning, but like they were also excited to have me in a way that I don't think anyone else has been because like they don't get a lot of outsiders because not a lot of people hear about their programs and they're off the in, like several hours away from any interstates in Iowa. So they were just extremely prepared to show me a very good time. And um, they gave me a lot of soup because it was 20 degrees outside. And like, yeah, they. Um,
1: you managed to find a place that was harder to get to than Blacksburg.
0: <laughs> yeah. You guys aren't that far from the interstate.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Not since yeah. the interchange came in uh, 20 years back. That's for sure. No, the, but,
0: uh, the uh, Less, less mountains though. Um, in Iowa, I would say they have like no elevation at all. So that, as a huge mountain enthusiast. Yes. That was, that was the one downside driving past corn for several and I'm still I'm in uh, I'm on the other side of the river from Iowa right now but yesterday I drove 5 hours across Iowa and you kind of get the gist in the first 20 yeah. minutes.
1: What I do love the fact that you're doing this choose your own adventure kind of thing. Like you you have people vote and you guys yeah. like guys listening like make sure you're checking out Road Raj on YouTube, make sure you're You're checking out at Roger I don't know how you got the handle at Roger You must have been the first person on Twitter ever after um, Jack
0: <laughs> I, I have a I have a slightly misspelled name It made it a lot easier, R-O-D-G-E-R You uh, see, all, all the other Rogers Are R-O-G-E-R
1: you Well, know, like, yeah you know, for Aaron Roger, Rogers Roger
0: Well, yeah, but that's not his,
1: it's not his first yeah, It's not his, it's first, not name. his first
0: name <laughs> And, and it has an it, Roger. So like, <laughs> you know, like Roger Clemens, Roger Maris, etc. I don't know why I went to baseball guys, but both, both especially one
1: that's dead or old. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. They were just the first ones I could think of, um,
0: but R-O-G-E-R, I'm R-O-D-G-E-R. So that's, that's what you should look for. It's a um, great handle. Uh, there, there was one like spam account, which had, R O D G E R. And in like 2017 or so, I told Twitter, hey, this is very clearly a spam account. And they got rid of it and I swooped in.
1: But I'm so glad that your, your people that vote, all the followers and everything, yeah, sorry. They, they chose to send you to that NAIA game because it was paired with Virginia Tech. Because it was either yeah. that or I forget what the other game was, it and was, then Georgia Southern or something.
0: It was Georgia State, Georgia Southern um, was the other Thursday night game. And honestly, like, those are two good teams. Um, they're It's like a rivalry in Georgia. Like, I was kind of, like, part of me was feeling bummed. I didn't get to go see that. I was like, on, on Wednesday, I was like, mm, I don't know. The Virginia Tech team isn't very good. Syracuse isn't very good. Like, maybe I, I kind of wish I got to the other game. That, that, like, washed away really quickly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, I had no FOMO um, that night. Uh, and I, I'm really glad I, I got to go to Virginia Tech, too.
1: I promise I'm going to let you hang up in one second. I just want to ask you about when you're traveling, you know, you used to be like you were co- covering this sport and like tracking who's good and all this stuff. How are you keeping up yeah. with that aspect? Podcasts? Like who do you like to listen to? That kind of thing.
0: Um, yeah. I have a couple of podcasts I listen to, but broadly I'm not watching most college football games, which is a real big shift to me. Mm-hmm. I, cause in my job, I would just spend 13 hours a day watching college football every Saturday, um, multiple screens, you know, Twitter refreshing for 13 straight hours. And now I'm just like, I'm going to see a game. If it's a morning game, I'll check out the night ones. Like, But a lot of the time, I, I have no idea what's going on.
1: Yeah, because you want to be like out said, with the people and, like, maybe in a bar or somewhere yeah, else hanging out.
0: Very different way of understanding the sport. Like, I um, – I, I'm definitely behind on that. I listened to um, three podcasts in the car, um, like you said, Solid Verbal, um, Split Zone Duo, and um, uh, Shutdown Fullcast, which is more uh, –
1: I knew you were gonna pits. say full cast. Yeah, I knew that was yeah. gonna be on the list, but I, I was they're, curious. they're mainly they're mainly people I've worked
0: with at some uh-huh, point in time. Uh-huh. But like between those three looks at the sport, like I feel like I got a pretty decent um like summary of what happened from shutdown full cat from the full cast like joking about it to like split sound duo gives like pretty analytical insights into the games. And it's it's a uh, yeah, I'd say I get a, a, a pretty decent picture because I'm also in the car like 20 hours a week so that gives me enough time to catch up on podcasts
1: yeah because I was thinking like if I try it's to the most ask
0: podcasts I've ever listened to I'm, yeah. I'm generally not a podcast listener but like I am locked in this year
1: yeah I was thinking if I ask him like what his playoff four is right now like it might not be it's not going to be as expert as you would have been in years past.
0: No, I, I, I legitimately don't have an answer for you. One <laughs> um, of Ohio State and Michigan. I want both of them. In. Uh, uh, Georgia? I would say Georgia. My my. I'd say Georgia it seems like a pretty solid answer. Um, I was really excited about Washington. Uh,
1: but they've been playing some tight ones lately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'm gonna see them play Washington State in the last week of the season. Oh, that's awesome! Apple
1: Cup. Yeah, last one. Yeah, that's the.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna try to see the. uh, So this week I'm gonna go to the last game between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Um, that's a great game. And then, uh, the the last games between the teams in Oregon and Washington that are kind of getting ditched by the rivalry. So, and I'm hoping
1: uh, that like these aren't. Like Apple Cup, even if they're in different conferences, it should 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 still happen out of conference. We hope, right? It, it might. We don't know. I <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, Oklahoma State has been pretty clear. We're not gonna. We don't want any part of this. If you're leaving the conference, right. like we're like you're ditching us, so go to hell.
1: That's so um, sad, man.
0: It's yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, that's why I'm glad I'm getting out there this year. And I didn't I didn't choose to wait to do this.
1: All right, so I asked you about the podcast. What are you listening to musically? Like, what's your what's your go to music playlist? You classic rock guy, hip hop guy. I know you, there's the Fetty Wapping thing that you've always had. Yeah. You saw a Fetty whopping this year, right? Didn't yeah,
0: you? Uh, per, uh, it, it was uh, a seventeen thirty eight uh, for uh, Purdue lost to Wisconsin. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was the the gag is that when a score is seventeen thirty eight. I I tweet about it because that's. Um, I would say that I, um, so the car has Sirius in it. It's a rental car. And I just like flip through, like I have like two classic rock stations on there, three hip hop stations on there. I have the pop station, which like sometimes you need, but the the, the key is there's like, they, they have the nineties and the 2000s stations. And you, you really need the throwback jams when you're, just mindlessly driving for hours and hours and hours and hours like the boy bands the like the like ja rule era hip-hop songs are really clutch um uh but yeah i'll that's, save that's you my ja rule
1: impression, impression for another time <laughs> <laughs> can't wait like like but seriously
0: like uh the the just having a station that's just and you know it's oddly been weird they have like I, I don't think I had listened to the Beatles in many, many years, but like, I feel like we used to listen to it in the car on road trips when I was a kid and they have a Beatles channel. And I just, I don't know, something about it feels right when I'm just driving to have like songs that I listened to when I was a child in a car. Yeah. Um, so maybe that explains the nineties station too.
1: Well, man, you, thank you so much for spending all this time with me and just giving me an insight into your trip. No you, problem. You're heading to Stillwater next.
0: Not next, that's where I'm headed on Saturday, but I have I have three games to go to <laughs> oh, before
1: that. Oh my god, what are the <laughs> games this week?
0: So I'm going to the Matt Games in Ohio uh, okay. Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay. Um I the, I we're we're still debating whether this should be the plan, but um there's a game in Wyoming on Friday night, uh night game in Wyoming, and it might be too long of a drive to do that. And then Oklahoma State, it's about 10 hours from Laramie to uh, Stillwater. It's closer than I would have thought,
1: actually. (laughs) You know,
0: the University of Wyoming is located in the southeastern corner of Wyoming. Okay. So it's um, pretty close to the border with Nebraska. So to get to Oklahoma, I'm more or less just driving all the way across, well, I don't need to look at the map, but it's, it's, yeah, it's it's not as, it's not as far as, as, as you'd think. There was another part of me that wanted to do the, um, the, uh, there's a game in Lubbock on Thursday. And I was very surprised, uh, uh, TCU Texas Tech in Lubbock. I'm not going to it. It's too far. But like, I was surprised by how close. Lubbock, Texas is to Laramie, Wyoming. I was like, those, those seem like different parts of the world, but Lubbock is all the way in the Northwest of Texas and Laramie is all the way in the Southeast. So I'm, I'm learning a lot about the geography of the country. (laughs) I, I didn't know, um, that Blacksburg was three hours away from so many places. It's, Three hours away from, so far as I can tell, every place is three <laughs> hours from.
1: Yeah, it's three <laughs> so hours from like... every place except for like DC and where I live. But like Charlotte, uh ten, a lot yeah. of places in Tennessee. Like, yeah, it's it, yeah. there's a there's a nice three hour radius. Yeah,
0: but um yeah, I never really been in in that part of that in southwestern Virginia. Like, I had never been there, and it's gorgeous, and I had a yeah, great really time is. there. And so, so you said thank you for having me on, but like, thanks to all the Virginia tech people for showing me a good time on Thursday.
1: Nice dude. And I wish you luck. Hopefully, Hey, maybe you'll nice. break that dude's record for 78. K. If you're going to oh, four I, this week,
0: I'm not, I'm not going to get close, but I think okay. I'm going to get to around 60. Okay. I think I'm going to get to around 60 when we throw in the bowls. Um, That's I, awesome, uh,
1: man, that is, awesome. this, I, I think, uh, do you need to shout out any sponsors right now while you're on the show? <laughs>
0: Um, Hopefield Apparel. i have recently—it's now a Road Rodge sponsored by Money Lion, uh, but okay. I'm not going to do the whole pitch on here. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, uh, just um, uh, if if you look up Road Rodge R-O-D-G-E-E on uh, on pretty much every platform, I'm there. So uh, go find my videos and stuff.
1: Sweet man, thank you again uh, for coming on. Enjoy I'll see over, over the Virginia
0: Tech one when I
1: uh, when I get it up. Nice, nice. I like it, dude. You have a good day and a safe driving all season long. Good luck this week, man. Thanks for having me, Pete. Later. Wow. That was awesome. Thank you to Roger Sherman for coming on my show. It's someone I've, i followed a long time and I've had now Spencer Hall with me and Rob earlier in the year. And now we've had Roger Sherman. So this has been a very cool, like college football nerd year for me so far with the podcast. We're gonna do a little bit of ACC notes now because I didn't get to the ACC games before I had Roger on, so I was kind of saving them to do all at once. And if you were looking at the landscape of college football this week, and which conference had the most fun games, I mean, it was probably the Pac-12, but the ACC was right up there. Duke got blanked by Louisville, so that that wasn't one of the good games, but it was a ranked matchup. Riley Leonard played. He wasn't good. I I wasn't expecting him to play after being banged up yet again against Florida State. Just 121 yards passing for for him and no touchdowns, a 32.4 QBR. Jawar Jordan, he's back. He looks healthy, and he went for 163 and two touchdowns in this one on just 21 carries. Thrash for Louisville, seven receptions for 73 yards. Otherwise, there wasn't a whole lot of offense in this in this game. The teams combined for four of 22 on third down uh, just, just wasn't pretty. Only uh, 202 yards for Duke in this one. Ten penalties, which didn't help them. And Louisville looks strong. That is Virginia Tech's next opponent. The thing about Louisville is I don't know if, if Jack Plummer, their quarterback, can win a game when the chips are down because they have relied so heavily on Jordan and his his excellence it that's what i'm kind of looking at for next week's matchup but it was a great win by the cards this was that was a big win but i still think they are absolutely beatable by a bird of a different color maybe a different shade of maroon or red i should say uh gt upsets unc 46-42 unc hitting the skids again this year, Yellow Jackets put up 635 yards of offense. It was the most they've ever had against an ACC opponent. They have been in the ACC for 44 years, 43 years. And this was the most offense they ever put up against an ACC opponent. UNC, they they were often running early too, but Georgia Tech scored 21 21- 24 points in the second quarter. Kept battling back the whole time. Haynes King was great. 287 passing, 90 rushing, four touchdowns for him, a 95 QBR for Haynes King, one of the highest of the weekend. Back-to-back games now where the old UNC defense shows up. And what I mean by that is bad defense. They had no sacks, just two TFL, 348 rush yards for Georgia Tech, Running back Dante Smith went for 178 by himself in a touchdown, eight yards of carry. Hampton was good for UNC. Drake May was good in a losing effort. But now that, you know, they got these two losses in the ACC now, their title hopes took a major hit. And I'm going to talk about that ACC race later, but like this might've been the death now for UNC because they got uh, some tough games left still. NC State beat Clemson at home 24 to 17. State led the entire time. They got up 24-7 to before Clemson tried to make it interesting. The Wolfpack won this game with just 202 yards of offense. They won the turnover battle. They had a pick six. They had a 72-yard touchdown. And Clemson just couldn't score. Their offense, like, the woes continue. Klubnik wasn't good. He had two interceptions. They missed a field goal. Shipley got knocked out of the game. That really hurt their chances. That happened in the second quarter and was, was a big blow. A lot of short passes for Clemson. 33 completions for the Tigers, just 263 yards passing. A lot of tough conversations for Dabo about to happen this offseason. They're four and four. They haven't embraced the portal. Name, image, and likeness of Jesus might not be the right. Name, image, and likeness to actually win football games, and, and and I'm not I'm not trying to be rude to anyone, any of my religious friends out there. I'm just kind of making a joke about Dabo's commentary with regard to NIL. They they're the only team essentially that's well, not the only team in the ACC, but they're eliminated from ACC contention. You know, they they're four and four after, uh, or they have four losses, two and four in the conference, and they're not making the ACC title game. They're just not Miami outlasts UVA 29 26 in overtime. UVA started out the game 10 to nothing and went into the half up 10 to three. But Miami roared back in the third. They had a run and a pick six. It was 17 to 10, Miami, before Holland scored again to make it. I guess it was, well, whatever. (laughs) This went on, like the back and forth kind of went on until Miami's game-tying field goal with a minute 23 left. UVA goes first in overtime, kicks a field goal, wasn't good enough. Miami's Mark Fletcher fought his way in for the game-winning touchdown. TBD, Tyler Van Dyke was not good in this game. 20 of 30, but just 163 yards, zero touchdowns and two picks. Malik Washington was amazing for UVA. He caught 12 balls, 152 yards. If Musket had just been a little bit better, UVA could have won this game, but Miami had six sacks and enough athletes to overcome crystal balls. Always terrible game management, but UVA played well. I don't know what happened during UVA's bye week but they have been so much more competitive and, uh, and Miami escapes with a narrow victory. Notre Dame stomped Pitt. Uh, <laughs> I'm starting to round out the ACC action here. 58 to seven. This is normally one of those games where Pitt gets up, and even if Pitt's having a bad year and Notre Dame's having a good year, Pitt will make it a game. That did not happen. Viu, and it's not Valu for Pitt, the quarterback's name. It's like Viu or something else. I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. He threw four interceptions. I probably won't have to be pronouncing it for too much longer. Sam Hartman wasn't great either. Two interceptions, no touchdowns for him. But he did throw for 288, 11.5 yards per attempt. But Estime was efficient once again. 114 yards, six yards per carry, three touchdowns for Estime. Pitch just sucks. I don't know how they beat Louisville. I know Jordan got hurt, but I still – they are so bad. And <laughs> Narduzzi's comments after that got tweeted out, and it kind of was taken out of context because he did – say like multiple times, like the coaches didn't do enough. Like we, it's on me. I didn't get my players prepared, but there was a viral tweet that went out with his quote that was like, we tried to replace the players from last season and we didn't do a good job. And that got quote tweeted by a handful of current pit players who were just like, dang, man, that's, that's not cool Uh, to paraphrase. So it's ugly right now in Pittsburgh not sure how that's going to play out. They're just 2 years removed from winning the ACC with Kenny Pickett, but like Dabo, Narduzzi is a stubborn SOB. You know, he he had a great passing offense and he didn't like it. Whipple left for for Nebraska and he went back to the old school run game and it's it hasn't worked out. It has not worked out for Pitt and I, I got to say I love to see it. FSU took care of Wake 41 to 16, never close, never really interesting. And this was without a handful of dinged up guys for Florida State too. Travis went for 388 total, four touchdowns, 82.4 QBR. Jordan Travis continues to be awesome. Benson had 155, two TDs, Coleman two TDs. BC hung on for a 21 to 14 win over Yukon. BC ran for 246, that's what they do this year. They like to run the ball. Robachal 112 and two touchdowns. A bunch of close games for BC this year. Another one score win. They could be six and two. They could be two and six with a loss to Holy Cross. But as it stands, they are five and three and inexplicably still in the ACC race with a number of other teams because they only have two conference losses. I want I want to talk about that ACC race. I, I want to go back to VT Corner. I'm going to go to my AP poll. My interview with Roger, it, it went on a little bit longer, but I'm going to get to all the stuff here. Other notable games around the country, two late backdoor covers. I saw UCLA beat Colorado, but Colorado scored a late touchdown, kind of in garbage time uh, to cover the game. The UCLA defense was dominant. And that's what's funny about UCLA this year. I don't like Chip Kelly. And the way... That they're winning and the way they've been playing is a large credit to the defense, which really isn't his thing. Their defensive line for UCLA is is ridiculous, and you know Colorado can't block anybody. So, really well done by uh, UCLA to just dominate on that side of the ball and beat Colorado. Tulane held on to be to Beatrice, but Rice got back in the game. It was twenty-seven to seven in this game. Tulane had the lead before letting Rice back in. But I had both Colorado and Rice in my pick to cover. So that worked out well for me. Penn State was in a dogfight with Indiana. And that was a game where I, I was kind of expecting Penn State to bounce back big from the Ohio State game. The spread was 31 and a half. So clearly that's what the nation or Vegas thought. No, this was a fight the whole way through. If Tom Allen didn't play for the tie towards the end, Indiana might have won this game. The Nittany Lions are going to get stomped by Michigan if they don't figure out this offense. I mean, they they got a late, long touchdown, which is something that's been talked about a lot, how they never go down the field. But if they play like this, there is... It's not just that they won't beat Michigan. It's that they will get embarrassed by Michigan if they play like this. Texas stifled BYU 35-6. Malik Murphy in at quarterback for the Longhorns. He wasn't great, but they focused on the run did that did texas and uh the defense was good for the longhorns k-state continues to roll this team they're getting to that wagon status along with oklahoma state kansas state won 41 to zero over houston houston like isn't just complete trash like k-state is working people right now ollie gordon for oklahoma state another 271 rushing for him in a 45-13 to 13 win, both those teams are kicking, but we get Oklahoma State, Oklahoma later this week. That's going to be sweet. Iowa State beat Baylor, and the reason I'm mentioning that is because Iowa State has moved to 4-1 and one in the Big 12. They have almost as good a shot of any of going to that Big 12 championship game. Matt Campbell has taken those young guys and gotten them playing right. Maybe not beating all the best teams, but 4-1 in the conference. Can't argue with it. Anm beat South Carolina. Not good for Shane. He's two and six. The state of South Carolina. A little bit of a rough weekend. Coastal's good, but the two big boys. oh, it's it's not pretty right now. Tennessee beat Kentucky thirty-three to twenty-seven. SMU throttled Tulsa sixty-nine to ten. Future ACC member SMU. I'm a little worried about SMU. All that money they raised in a short period of time, starting to kick ass. Could they come into the ACC and, and be in the championship game in a couple of years? It, it could happen. Air Force stays undefeated, beating Colorado State in the snow, 30-13. to And that was with State wearing those sweet uniforms, but Air Force stays undefeated. Boise whipped Wyoming, which is a result I was not expecting. On the blue turf, 32-7. to I thought Wyoming was still the best team in the Mountain West. I may be wrong about that. Liberty. Undefeated still. Beat Western Kentucky 42-29. to 29. Ugh, Liberty. And Sam Houston still winless after failing to beat, I think it was UTEP. The Fighting Cornelsons couldn't get it done. AP poll. Let me show you what I got here. All right, you will see JMU moves up to number 23 after their win. Just two ACC teams ranked this week. That's That's largely due to the conference cannibalizing itself. FSU is at number four, Louisville at number 15, and UNC and Duke have dropped out. Six teams each from the Pac-12 and the SEC. The top one lost team in the country is Oregon, followed by Texas and Alabama. Oklahoma drops to 10 after their loss, and they play OK State, as I mentioned, who isn't ranked. But Oklahoma State is technically number 26, just behind Kansas State, who does get into the rankings. Notre Dame is the top two lost team. Right in front of LSU at number twelve and thirteen. That's that's Notre Dame and LSU twelve and thirteen. But like, why isn't Louisville in front of Notre Dame? One, they beat Louisville. They beat Notre Dame for one thing, the biggest thing. Second of all, Notre Dame has two losses. Louisville has one. I know it was to pit, but like, come on, they beat them and they have one last loss. It is ridiculous that Louisville isn't ahead of Notre Dame. Uh, I don't. And and maybe you could say LSU is. Better than Louisville. I, that, I'm fine with that. But Louisville literally beat Notre Dame. They, it wasn't particularly close. Louisville should be ahead of Notre Dame in these rankings. That's what pisses me off this week. Uh, Undefeated Air Force, number 17. Utah dropped to 18. I mentioned JMU at 23 and Kansas State at number 25. Let's go back to VT Corner quickly. I talked a little bit about it with Roger. We talked more about the atmosphere and everything. Hokies won 38 to 10. It wasn't even that close. We settled for a handful of field goals. That touchdown that Syracuse scored, I mean, it was in a second half where we really weren't even trying much. Kyron wasn't sharp, totally sharp in this one, but he did just fine considering how our defense was playing and how we were working the run game. 15 of 24 for drones, 194 to touchdown, 56 yards rushing. So I said he wasn't sharp, but like he still went for 250 total. Malachi actually matched him in touchdown passes because of that sweet trick play we ran. That one went to Felton. That was one of Felton's two touchdowns in this game. Tootin was awesome running the ball, 118 in a touchdown, 6.6 yards for carry per carry. For Bashaw, consistent chunks of yardage because he really didn't have a long run. He was just getting 7, 8, 10, like every single time he touched the ball. Malachi added 87 yards rushing. As a team, we ran for 318. That was the most on the ground since the UVA game in 2021, which I I didn't even really remember that we ran for that much that game, but really nice rushing performance in on defense because we allowed 0 yards rushing on defense and 318 on offense. And the defense really was lights out all night. Just 137 yards total given up. And 8 sacks. APR he was shot out of a cannon early. He he went to the side, did the spin move, forced a bad throw or forced the intentional grounding right off the bat. He had two sacks in the game. Syracuse was 0 for 9 on third down. So if it felt like they were never on the field, that's because they weren't. They only had the ball for about 18 minutes of the game. It was our most time of possession, I think, since pre-Beamer in a game. I I will fact check that when I go do my pod with Robbie later in the week. But it was just a dominant, dominant performance. I was trying to remember the last time we owned someone this badly because we played well in the weight game played well in the pit game, but this kind of domination, you have to go back to the back to back shutouts on buds, like kind of swan song. When bud was retiring, we beat pit 28 to nothing, but the Georgia tech game, I think was the one that reminded me of the most 45 to nothing. We beat Georgia tech in 2019. GT only had 2.39 yards per play. I think Syracuse was over three in this game because they ran so few plays. It was the second fewest plays since 1987 that we had faced. But yeah, if you're looking for a game that the last game we dominated this badly, I would say it was the Georgia Tech game from 2019. Robbie and I will talk more about the Syracuse game and about the big matchup with Louisville on our Wednesday night show this week. Really looking forward to that Louisville game. And that's going to bring me to my possibility of Tech getting to the ACC title game. And it's it's never, you never want to count your chickens before they're hatched. But I still think it's, let's be prepared for possibilities. Let's, let's have some fun with this, right? Clemson, Wake, and Qs, they all have four losses in the conference. UVA and Pitt have three. For all intents and purposes, those five teams are essentially done. Everyone else in the conference has two or less losses. Louisville and VT are the only teams besides Florida state that have one loss or less. They both have one and we play this week and both team schedules are very manageable outside of playing each other. And, and you could say that like VT isn't even the hardest game left on the schedule for Louisville because they have to go to Miami at one point. And then a lot of people would probably consider Miami to be a better team than Virginia tech though. We may be playing better than Miami right now. So we play Louisville's just to go to Miami. And, and you guys know our schedule. It's BC, it's UVA, it's NC State who NC State got a big win. BC's running the ball well. UVA's looking feisty. Like none of these games are absolute wins, but none of them are surefire losses either. BC and Duke have the two easiest schedules left, according to the FPI. But I don't think BC can get there. I think either will beat them or someone else could beat them. Duke could get there. But they looked bad this week on offense. Riley still not healthy, and they got to play UNC, and that's a rivalry game. and And USC's reeling a bit, but who knows who's going to come out on top in that one? GT and NC State they seem too inconsistent to get to the championship. And again, NC State's another team that we play at home, and a game I think we very much can and should win. So I, I feel okay about being above those teams. UNC lost to Georgia Tech just most recently, as you know. They play Duke. They play at Clemson. They play at NC State. So in a perfect world, we'd like UNC to beat Duke and then lose to on the road to Clemson and NC State, both or one or whatever. Miami squeaked by UVA, as you know, to stay in the hunt. But they have three road games, including Florida State and then a home game against Louisville. So Miami's schedule is brutal. I'm not, with the way they just looked, I'm not worried about them being potentially ahead of us in a race, but for us, it it comes down to this weekend. If we want any shot of going to the title game, we have to beat Louisville on the road. And that is an extremely tall task. Louisville looks like if you're handicapping it, they're the team to beat, to go to the ACC title game and face Florida state for number two in the ACC. And we're 10 point underdogs right now. As I said, me and Rob will get into this, but like, I I think we're going to go up there and we're going to give them a fight. I, I really do. And, man, I wish I could be on the Bourbon Trail this week and go attend that game because it just sounds like so much fun. All right, let's move to playoff four. All right, you'll notice another change this week. And, and I'm a little annoyed. And I, I talked about Oklahoma earlier in the show. I never felt great about having them in the four, and this is, I'm I'm not a I'm not doing a LeBron where I'm like I knew it like I'm not, I'm not doing that like when I say something I don't like to lie on this show, I never felt good about it. I probably said it the last two weeks. They had beaten Texas. It was a good win. They were undefeated. They had a very manageable schedule. Really, the biggest hiccup at the time when I put them in was Kansas on the road. But now with the way Oklahoma State's playing, Oklahoma's probably going to lose that one too. Anyway, Oklahoma is out. Georgia is back in. They they look strong against UF. I probably never should have taken Georgia out. Maybe I was trying to go contrarian. But Georgia hadn't been looking amazing earlier this year. They had been in a bunch of tight games against lesser teams, and they were probably playing around with different lineups and just figuring things out. But Carson Beck looks like a real dude. And so they're my number two team. Michigan is still my number one team. Florida State still my number three team because I think they're running the table most likely. Like, Would I love to get another shot at Florida State and see what we could do in an AC t- title game? Yeah. Could Louisville beat them? Yeah. But right now I'm predicting Florida State to go undefeated and be in the playoffs. And then Oregon, I think, is winning out. Uh, and I think they are going to beat Washington in the championship game. If if Washington gets there because without Shaky they look, who knows. They could take a couple losses and miss the title game. But Oregon, they're going to run the table and beat in my playoff, four, which means I am leaving out the Big 12 because Texas has a loss, Oklahoma has a loss. Texas has the injury to Ewers, Oklahoma has a really tough game this weekend. I think both those teams could end up with two losses, but even if one of those teams ends up with just the one loss, I think Oregon's strength of schedule with one loss will be better than theirs. I think the committee would put Oregon in. So that's my playoff four. Michigan one, Georgia two, Florida State three, and Oregon number four. All right, before I go to this upcoming weekend's games and just talk about them a little bit, I want to mention Compass Coffee because with 16 locations in D.C. and Northern VA, they are quickly becoming – the go-to Cup of Joe in our nation's capital. Compass was founded by two Marines with a simple goal, make the best cup of coffee, one that points you in the right direction every day, kind of like a compass. Right now, they're offering our listeners 20% off with code 2DVT. So go to their site or download the Compass Coffee app. They have a great app. Load up your cart. And even if you don't live in the DC area, they'll ship it right to your house and you'll get 20% off that order. Compass Coffee. Great coffee doesn't need to be complicated. Week 10 games. VT at Louisville. I already talked about it. Louisville, 10.5 point favorites right now. I feel good about the Hokies. Mizzou at UGA. Georgia, 16.5 point favorites. That's a big game. Mizzou has a good quarterback. They've been a feisty team. This being in Athens, I think. Georgia has geared up at the right time to face a pretty solid Mizzou team and they'll probably take care of their business. Notre Dame at Clemson. Clemson just three point underdogs in this one. That shocked me. That is a stinky line for the way Clemson's been playing. We know Clemson is a solid team still, but if Shipley can't play and they continue to not find playmakers and Clubnick continues to struggle, I don't know how Clemson's going to cover that game. AM at Ole Miss. Ole Miss, four-and-a-half-point favorites. This could be a game where Ole Miss gets had, even at home, because they've been – they're not a great team. They're a good team. Lane has them going good, but a has been good too, so that's a fun game. K-State at Texas, that is an awesome game because K-State has been rolling. Texas, they struggled with Houston. They looked good against BYU. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Oklahoma at – At Oklahoma State, we got Bedlam. Oklahoma State. Wait, is this right? Six and a half point favorites, Oklahoma State. I'm going to check this again. Washington at USC. USC, three and a half point underdogs at home, but I think they could pull off the win. I know I've been ragging on USC all year, but Washington has had four strike games, less than 10 point wins, a couple dicey games against lesser teams. I think USC could win that game outright. UCLA at Arizona. Arizona podcast here. Arizona, one and a half point underdogs at home against UCLA. Fafita against that defense. That's going to be awesome. JMU at Georgia State. Let's go outside of the P5. Georgia State's been a good team. They're a five and a half point underdog. That's one of the closer lines we've seen for a team against JMU lately. That could potentially be a dangerous spot for JMU going down to Georgia State. And then the last game I want to mention is Boise at Fresno. Always a great game in the Mountain West. Fresno is four-point favorites right now. Boise just whipped Wyoming last week. So do they come off that win and go down to Fresno and play well and maybe win again? That That's a tough one. But I did want to check. I want to check that Oklahoma State line because Oklahoma State I have listed as six and a half point favorites, which would not necessarily surprise me with how they've been playing? But that's a that's a big line. Give me one second here. Oh yeah, we got we got Jacksonville State in South Carolina. Oh, look out, look out, Shane. Oh man, that's that's a scary one. Now Oklahoma, I have it written down wrong. Oklahoma five and a half point favorites right now on the road okay so i i wrote that down wrong anyway thank you for joining me i hope if you didn't get to hear my interview with roger sherman earlier the link works the same you can start the podcast over and find it this will get posted to the podcast feed later in the day for now make sure you're subscribed to the 2d podcast feed follow us on twitter it's at 2 dvt um Make sure you're subscribed to this channel. Make sure you like the video. Please like the video. It helps us. And uh, I I appreciate all the people who hopped into College Football Monday. We're starting to get more live viewers and more views overall. So the show is growing. And some of that's probably contributed to my very, very awesome guest today. But thanks for joining me. And until next time, when I'm talking with Rob about the Louisville game, go Hokies.